Good evening and welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith and Holly Blades. And uh, I'm just watching, Holly, uh, my mind has been distracted here because uh, Man City have just equalised in the big game. I've got it on at the uh, the right-hand side of us. So just uh, just for those of you who are interested in what goes on at the other end of the table, as opposed to well, as I think it was Phil Foden who got the goal. But I'm just watching the replay now, so you have to excuse me. Yeah, he cut in on the left-hand side. And he's finished it in the bottom corner. So 1-1 one, one in the big game at Anfield. No chance of a VAR uh, decision there. But good evening. We are here to talk about Newcastle United, of course. I tried to put, off, put it off a little bit, Holly, but unfortunately we've got to. Um, and yeah, we were down at Wolves yesterday. And uh, actually we didn't... One thing we missed, Holly, um, and obviously it's strange that we didn't say this, but as Steve Bruce was standing uh, on the touchline with a ball in his hand, um, and, and Matt Ritchie, of course, my favourite player, uh, was uh, in action as he always is. Uh, somebody made an appearance there in the stand. Yeah, um, I'm surprised we didn't see that. Great sign there. Certainly agree with this lady. And unfortunately, our birthday wish hasn't came true yet. <laughs> Good old Q Tech never misses a trick. Um, and, and people on Twitter haven't missed a trick either. Um, and we'll come to that photograph a little bit later. But uh, first of all, Holly. Uh, let's talk through the game yesterday. We did make the, the trip down to Molyneux uh, with your dad. And, um, you know, we were hoping, I guess, for something a little bit better than we got. Um, what was your overall take on the game, first of all, Holly? It was what I was expecting. My prediction was 2-1 to Wolves, and that's exactly what happened. Um, of course, I was disappointed because I think a lot of people were saying... A point, that would be good enough. But for me, it really wasn't. We need three points sooner rather than later because you're just thinking, when is the next uh, win going to come from? And I really can't see where it's going to come from, unfortunately. Um, the first kind of 10, 15 minutes was OK. It was average. I think both sides matched each other. But overall, I think Wolves definitely deserved the win because they outplayed us generally throughout the game. We didn't really create as much chances as we should have done. The defence wasn't the greatest. And I don't think that was Darlow's best game by a long shot. Yeah, I mean, I went through the uh, the team with, with Mick Lowe's earlier on and people can catch the Mick Lowe's show uh, on the playlist um, earlier today. Um, here was the team, Holly. So I went through and gave my opinion on this uh, earlier on the day. So people who want to hear what I have to say can, can tune into the Mick Lowe's show. But what was your take on, on each of the players? Darlow, like I've just mentioned, I don't think it was one of his greatest games. I thought he was not fully to blame, but he was certainly at fault for the second goal. Um, he was just in the wrong position. He wasn't on his line. His legs and his arms were spread far apart. He could have made a simple save and he didn't do that. Whether that was because he was expecting the defence to get to the ball first or whatever, I don't know. Mankio, I wasn't overly impressed with Mankio. I do think he's the best right back at the club, but... Um, yesterday, I just don't think he, he really cut it. You know, he wasn't the greatest. Fernandez and Clark in the middle, um, they, again, the, the, it wasn't their worst game. And I think th those two probably are the best pairing that we currently have at centre-back. But again, I wasn't impressed. Matt Ritchie, I thought, was he was all right. Um, you know, he made some good passes. His corners weren't the greatest throughout the game, but I thought that he did try. Isaac Hayden and Longstaff, Sean Longstaff, I thought, was very poor, to be honest with you. I know he's been improving uh, slowly but surely, but that game, he really went back to his old self and he didn't play well at all. Isaac Hayden, very defensive. It's what you expect from Isaac Hayden. Um, he was all right. Joe Willock, I feel so bad for Joe Willock because we brought him in being the only signing. He had so much pressure. Um, we wanted him to go on that goal-scoring run like he did last season. It hasn't happened and, unfortunately, he just doesn't seem half the player that he was. It does seem... Like a Kennedy situation, he had one good season and now he's dropped off, which is very unfortunate. And you're just hoping that he can turn that round at some point. Almiron, um, you know, Almiron, I would probably say was one of the better players on the day. Again, he wasn't great, but I don't think anyone was on that day. Joe Linton, I thought, was really bad. He was probably the worst person on the pitch. Um, one of the people at fault for the first goal. Yeah, wasn't impressed at all. I thought defensively, which is mainly what he does well, he was pretty poor. Um, and, and also, you know, he didn't kind of create any chances or do anything on the attacking front. And yes, um, um, he always does get you off your seat, doesn't he? There was moments of talent from him there, but ultimately there was times where he should have passed the ball. He just didn't do it. And he took far too many touches in the box instead of just having a shot. 
Interesting that because um, I personally thought that Matt Ritchie had his, you know, probably one of his worst games. I mean, I was winding you up, obviously, when we're, we're watching the match together and telling you what he does well and how he does it. But um, but overall, I'd say probably, you know, he had a 60-40 game. 60% of the stuff he did well, 40% he did wrong. And he couldn't be his first man with corners. And set pieces were awful yesterday. I think we both agreed on that. And I didn't agree on Almiron. Um, I thought he was... You know, it was pointless yesterday. He was running around. He was, you know, chasing down, you know, doing a lot of effort, but not not in the right places. Um, Joe Linton, I didn't criticise him earlier on. I just think ultimately with Big Joe, as uh, Steve affectionately calls him, he was simply told um, to win the headers. And that's what he did. And he didn't direct them, you know, sometimes in the right places. But Joe Linton didn't have his best game, didn't have his worst game. Um ASM got marked out of the game, I felt, yesterday. I think Wolves got his number. I think they closed him down quite rapidly on occasions. But when he was let free, you're right, he did get you out of your seat. And he was, you know, he was the man who was instrumental in leading to uh, the ginger, uh, uh, well, Jeff Hendrick, the Irish Perlow's uh, goal. You know, he, he did did well with his strength. But, I mean, overall, I think we pretty much agree on, on you know, the overall game yesterday. Um, and, and I do feel sorry for Joe Willock. I also feel, you know, Sean Longstaff and Isaac Hayden, you know, it's not a very good parent. It's certainly not an attacking parent in, in you know, in that team. And we're crying out for creativity in there. Neither of those guys can really give us it. Both play a similar type of game. And, um, yeah, it was it was desperate. It was a desperate, desperate day yesterday. Um, a game where we needed at least a point, but we really needed three. We came back with nothing. And um, overall... The best thing about yesterday, apart from your mum's sandwiches, was uh, meeting this guy. Yeah, um, that was it. That was the highlight of me day, Holly. Uh, and I missed him. And you missed him. Yeah, you missed him. Uh, Liverpool 2-1 up. Uh, Mo Salah has scored. Uh, what a game this is turning out to be. A couple of really good games today. Um, quite a, a, a dull crowd yesterday as well, I felt. I mean, do you think that had something to do with the, the way that the away end is set out? At uh, Wolves, do you think it's the fact that you know we're all spread out and it's not it's not under the roof, or do you think it was down to the rain, or do you think it's down to the the football that we're getting fed each week? A hundred percent the football. There is other factors you could try and um, use as excuses, but ultimately, I just think it's what we're seeing on the pitch because. If you remember, right at the start of kickoff, it was quite lively. People were in quite good spirits, and then. We basically watched Newcastle play and that put everyone in a bad mood. It went very, very dull. There was the initial buzz when we scored, but even that was very, very short-lived. And then again, it was just flat because I think people know the reality. We score and we don't try to build on that. We don't hold on to the momentum. We don't try and, you know, score another goal. We just try our best to keep that, um, you know, one point that we, we had at that time and hope that they don't score. But it, it didn't work out like that. And they did score, which I was expecting. I think a lot of people were, except Steve Bruce, obviously, because it seems that the fans can see what he can't, which amazes me on a weekly basis. But yeah, it was an awful, awful away end. Um, one of the worst I've seen for a good few years, probably since kind of the the McLaren, the Pardew kind of days. It was just really bad. And it wasn't even as if it was toxic. It just really was dead. And, and I think that just sums up where we are as a football club. There's no hope. Because for me, away days used to be an escape from the, the awful atmosphere at the home games. Because even if we're getting thumped like 5-0, it would still be bouncing. But it's not like that anymore, which is very sad to see. Yeah, I mean, I was saying to you before we went down, it, it gets on my wig and tells you where we're at that our away songs now are full of songs that from the past, you know, we're singing about uh, Shola Ramiobi, um, Alan Shearer, um, you know, Jonas Gutierrez. And, you know, it's nice to pay tribute to, you know, players gone by. But, but let's face it, you're in a pretty poor place if you're not singing songs about your current first team lineup, aren't you? Yeah, we are, but we don't have any players that we can particularly praise because none of them are doing well at the moment and we're sitting second off bottom in the league. I mean, what is that to, be, to get behind, to be honest? Yeah, you bring that up. Um, there is a, an interesting uh, Twitter account, the other fourteen, which is like a baseline tracker uh, to the like the Premier League. Um, this is our position uh, at the moment. Of course, the points are relative to thirty-nine point baseline schedule. It's an interesting way of looking at the league, um, but I don't think it you know is any surprise that Newcastle are rock bottom at the moment in terms of performances, goals, etc. And it's. Uh, 
it's dismal at the moment. And Brentford, who of course managed to get a, a great win again today, um, you know, who everybody would have thought would have been struggling this season are, are way out in front. Um, and it's the usual suspects who are gathered around the bottom, isn't it? Newcastle, Burnley, Norwich, Southampton, Watford, um, you know, Crystal Palace, I think, have got enough fight in them this season to probably keep out of it. I've watched them today against Leicester. They were 2-0 down. We're unlucky not to win 3-2, managed to get a point. But Newcastle, uh, at the moment, I think they could be bottom of that table for quite some time. Yeah, I do. And I think the closer we get to Christmas, the more worried I become because I think by that point, it could be too late to claw our way out of the bottom three. I think we'll be too far adrift. Um, and, and it's just, you are thinking seriously, where are we going to get the points from? Because the Christmas period and the New Year period, we have some very, very tough uh, fixtures. We're playing pretty much all of the top six teams. It's going to be so, so hard. And it's, it's just, every year we are worried about relegation, but this year, you really are worrying because I still would like to think we'll just claw our way out of trouble. But for me, the ultimate problem is not necessarily the talent of the players or, you know, the quality of the squad. It's more so the mentality because, like I said, we concede a goal and our heads just drop. We don't think, oh, there's plenty of time, we'll get back into the game. That's not how our players are at the moment and they just admit defeat far too easily. Yeah, they do. Um, Jeff Hendrick, when he came on the pitch was booed by uh, a minority of our supporters. I I've got to be honest, I don't boo people as they go on and off the pitch. Um, I, I don't see the point in doing that. But um, Jeff Hendrick was booed onto the pitch and, and ultimately um, he, he scored within the first five minutes. Yeah, it was a great goal as well. It was a really good goal. Um, but yeah, I think that's just basically sums it up. The players that... Or on paper, probably our worst players who the fans clearly don't like. They get booed on and then they come on and score, which is quite amusing, really. Um, and, and maybe that's the way forward. We should probably start booing players and then maybe they'll go on and score. Who knows? But he did have a decent game yesterday. I thought he was all right. He certainly, you know, played well. He did well for that goal. Um, and, and maybe he can have a chance in the side now because, like you said earlier, Hayden and Longstaff, and Longstaff, Longstaff, I went Longstaff. to the there. <laughs> I went a bit southern. Um, yeah, those two together aren't probably the best parents, so maybe Hendrick can get a look in. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And of course, uh, we were there when Jeff Hendrick scored in the preseason friendly. We were there yesterday, so there's the new food bank t shirt. Uh, I saw, uh, I've seen both of Jeff Hendrick's goals. Unbelievable, Jeff. So that is the new uh, hashtag T-shirt available for the food bank. I'll be sticking that up on my Twitter uh, tonight. And uh, just, to, just to confirm that uh, the previous T-shirt, which was the uh, Misery T-shirt, of course, uh, has been won. Um, and uh, we have announced it uh, officially on my uh, Twitter timeline, at Steve Rave. And I just want to thank, uh, bear with me, Story Joshua on Twitter. You are the winner. Uh, you are the winner of the Food Bank T-shirt. And £25 is heading its way to the Food Bank, uh, courtesy of you. Thank you very much for supporting it. I will put that T-shirt on. Uh, as we were talking, um, Liverpool, Man City, there was another goal, 2-2. Manchester City equalised. Kevin De Bruyne with a brilliant strike. Uh, I think it was with his left foot, curled it into the uh, bottom corner. So, uh, cracking game, that. Anybody's game. Um, I'm slightly behind, so... Uh, Please forgive us when I don't give you the uh, the next goal on time. Um, this really um, didn't surprise me, this photograph from the game today. Tottenham against Aston Villa. And look who is sitting next to the Spurs, Capo de Tutti Frutti, Daniel Levy. Of course, it's Richard Masters. Is he holding his nose because the whole thing stinks about Newcastle's takeover, Holly? Yes, I think he should be. Because it's just, you just think, oh my God, the one person you wouldn't want to see him sat next to in the current climate would be someone like Daniel Levy. And yet he does it with kind of no shame. And, and I know a lot of Newcastle fans jumped on that photo, but again, it's nothing that really surprised me. Um, just again, kind of confirming the good relationships that he has with people in the top six, despite the fact that they went behind his and the Premier League's back for the European Super League case. It's like that's just been forgotten and brushed under the carpet. Yeah, I mean, it just stinks, doesn't it? And obviously, we've had the cat case uh, hearing this week to see whether the cat case can go ahead. You, of course, took part in that special debate that we had with uh, 
Keith Patterson from NCSL and Irina Suskerman. Um, what was what's your feelings now after you've had a few days to to think about it? Must the dust settle, Holly? Still very much the same as Wednesday. I still think that Behiran went well. I thought that the club was represented really well by Nick DeMarco and the rest of the legal team. Um, and I did feel as though the Behiran went in our favour. I am hoping that we get you know, an answer to that at the beginning of next week and it doesn't drag on for much longer. Um, and then hopefully the CAC case can go ahead. But I don't see how it can't because for me... Um, Obviously, the Premier League's point was that the arbitration covered what the CAT case did. And for me, I thought that we clearly uh, highlighted the difference between the CAT and the arbitration, the highlighting and kind of uncovering two totally different issues. OK, Tom, uh, we'll go into the chatters now. Was first with a question. He says, what's your thoughts on Joe Linton yesterday? I just heard he got hit by something from the Wolves fans. I haven't heard that. Um, Holly, have you heard anything about Joe Linton being struck by a missile? No, I haven't heard that, no. No, it might have woken him up, uh, Tom. Uh, I mean, we gave our opinions a little bit earlier on the team, Tom, but ultimately, um, I just thought the game plan yesterday was just try and float the ball into Big Joe. He'll knock it down and, you know, hope for the best. That that was literally our game plan yesterday. There was plenty of balls floated into Joe Linton and he won most of them because he is a big lad. He's, at least he's learned how to, to get up from a stand and jump. But... Shouldn't that be a basic for a footballer? Um, overall, his game was pretty poor. Um, I kept pointing out to Holly that in that first half, Matt Ritchie probably spent at least 20 minutes of the first 45 minutes telling Joe Linton what to do, didn't he, Holly? Yeah, he did, um, which is probably a waste of time because if Matt Ritchie doesn't know by now that he's not going to make Joe Linton do his job properly, then I don't think he's ever <laughs> going to learn. It's clearly not going to work out. He can't play football. But yeah, like you said, it was just a pretty poor performance. But I was going to ask, what is your opinion on Dwight Gale when he came on? Because I thought he went under the radar. Yeah, I mean, he did. Um, you know, I still think Dwight Gale should be playing. I think he should be starting. But then again, if the tactics aren't uh, built around, uh, you know, somebody of uh, Dwight Gale's build and height, then, you know, it's pretty pointless having him on. We're not going to play to his, you know, play to his... Um, you know, play to his advantage, play to play to, to his game, then what is the point of having him on the pitch? If we're going to bring Dwight Gale on and continue to play the ball long and high, um, as if Joe Linton was on the pitch, then it's not giving Dwight Gale a chance. So, I, I don't know, he, he, he put himself about a bit, but maybe he's been made to look bad by the, the tactics that Steve Bruce, uh, Steve Bruce employs, you know. It's, um, it's not pretty at this moment in time. We're devoid of ideas. We're not putting uh, we're not putting the balls in in the right places. Sometimes we struggle to string a pass together, Holly. Um, you know, we 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 can't even hit the first man. We can't we you know we can't take corners. We're useless at free kicks. Uh, we can't pass the ball to to, to our own players. Um, and the game plan's just not there. And you said something very interesting yesterday when we were at the match. And you you know I mentioned this to Mick Lewis, but you know we we all greeted Graham Jones and his chat and his tactics at the start. You know. At, at the back end of last season when he came in, it looked as if he'd had a major effect. Um, when we were watching the pre-season friendlies um, this season, uh, we were saying that we looked poor with free kicks, corners, etc. But we felt that it was probably down to the fact that Graham Jones was was on an extended break because of his exertions with England during the summer. Um, but when Graham Jones has come back, we look exactly the same as we did in the pre-season friendlies. Devoid of ideas, useless at free kicks and corners. So... You, you you brought that up yesterday and I think it was a valid point. Yeah, I think we can all agree that the set pieces have been atrocious. The tactics, yet again, haven't been much better. Um, and Graham Jones got a lot of praise last season and rightly so because when he came into the side, things changed. We improved a lot. We started winning games. But going into the new season, it, it just hasn't been like that at all. And I think Graham Jones, I think it's either one of two things. Either he's not all that he's cracked up to be and he's maybe had one good season and it's been a bit of a blip and he's not actually that much of a good coach and maybe it's time to let him go. Or it's the fact that Steve Bruce is basically saying, um, stay out of my lane sort of thing, don't get involved because I feel like last season, uh, Graham Jones kind of embarrassed Steve Bruce because he was pretty much doing his job for him. So it could be the case that Bruce is just saying, listen, I'm the manager, I'm the one that's making the decisions, you stay out of it. And then that could be why it, it's not working out. But as well, we've seen early in the season, the fact that Graham Jones caused some kind of upset in the dressing room, which I don't think is helping at all. Um, and now I'd probably be thinking I'd let him go with Steve Bruce if we were to sack him. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, I would agree. Tom says, uh, evening everyone, as fans, do you think we need to pile the pressure on Bruce? And how do we do this? Um, well, I think there's been games in this season. The last home game against Leeds, he got a lot of stick. From kick-off right till full-time, people were calling for his head. We've seen it uh, similar happen in the past with other managers. You know, the likes of Alan Pardew is one that sticks in my mind. But ultimately, I don't think Steve Bruce really cares what the fans sing at him. I don't think the owners care what is sung about Steve Bruce. So if he wants to stay and the owners don't want to sack him, I think ultimately he'll stay, no matter how toxic it gets in that stadium. Of course, last night I tagged you in that thing on Twitter, Steve, where they were basically saying that, um, Mike Ashley doesn't want to fork out the three million to sack Steve Bruce, which doesn't come as a surprise. And if that is the case, then I'm very, very worried. Of course, we've seen something earlier in the week as well from Steve Bruce saying that this is the lowest he's ever felt and he's considering walking away. But I just don't think he will because he's in it for, for the money. And at the end of the day, he's going to get a massive payout. Yeah, and, and that's the bottom line, isn't it? You know, no matter how depressed he is, how upset he is. Um, you know, he's not going to walk away from a big, big payout. And that's, you know, that's as simple as that. Somebody earlier on on the Mick Lowe's show, uh, which people can catch up on, uh, mentioned about NUST. And um, I have seen Burnsy, mouth of the time, putting a tweet out to say, you know, NUST, what are you doing? You should be writing, a, a, you know, some kind of letter to the club and explaining that uh, you want Bruce out now. Uh, is that going to make any difference? Um. Probably not, because like I said earlier, I genuinely don't think the club care what the fans think. I think that's been a common theme across the across the uh, past 14 years, but it certainly wouldn't hurt either. And I think someone like the Trust who have a, you know, a voice or a connection to the club or whatever should be going out of their way to try and highlight, listen, there's an issue here, the fans aren't happy, it needs addressing. Um Again, I don't really know a great deal about the trust or how strong their connections and relationships are to the club. So I don't know how easy it is for them to get in touch, but they should be certainly uh, doing something because the fans' voice isn't being heard and those are the people that have the power to stand up for the fans. And, you know, currently it doesn't seem like they're doing anything. No, um, I mean, Burnsy did say he's cancelling his subscription if uh, he doesn't hear anything back, but... The grand scheme of things, I don't think anything, you know, anything will help in, in that respect. I think we're just treading water until we find out what is actually happening with the sale of our club. And I don't think you pull the trigger with Steve Bruce, but I hope I'm wrong. Of course, we saw uh, one of our relegation rivals, I suppose we have to call them, uh, Watford, pull the trigger uh, today, despite getting a result, um, you know, a half-decent result against Newcastle last week. Um you know, it, it's sickening. And, and there's Newcastle, second bottom. Doesn't even look as if they're considering getting rid of the manager. Absolutely crazy. But uh, yeah, Tom, we will have to wait and see what happens. Two weeks off to think about it anyway, that's for certain. Paul Oxley says, Dubravka will be back for the Spurs game. Darlow positioning for both goals was suspect. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I've got to agree. Um, to, do, to, to do it once, okay. We can get caught off guard. You can, you, you know, you can make a mistake. To concede the same goal twice, more or less, it's pretty unforgivable. And, and I'll never understand. And I, I've never played in goal, but I played five aside. But, you, you know, as a goalkeeper, the one thing you have to expect to do is dive. And I just I just don't get this starfish position and just do, doing that. I just, I just don't understand it. Dive to your left or dive to your right and make a decision. And surely when you've narrowed the angle... He's not going to go for the near post. He's going to go, you know. He's going to go that. He's going to go that the other side of you. So dive. You know what I mean? It's, it's surely that's basic goalkeeping, Holly. It is basic goalkeeping, but in my opinion, on the whole, um, Darlow and Martin Dubravka situation is. I think we saw something very similar last season when Martin Dubravka was injured and Carl Darlow was in goal. He played very, very well. But then as Dubravka started to creep back towards full fitness and started to make his way onto the bench, you saw kind of a dip in Carl Darlow's performance and he started to not do as well. He started to make mistakes and he looked a lot more on edge and nervy. And I think that was a lot of pressure because he realised that now he's competing for the position of number one with Martin Dubravka and him being there is a constant stress thinking, oh, I've got to do well because if I don't, then Martin Dubravka will come back into the side and I want to keep my place. And yet again, 
we've saw recently that Martin Dubravka's coming back to full fitness and then he played like that at Wolves. So I genuinely think it's a mental thing because he's he's overthinking things too much, so worried that Dubravka's going to come back in and take his place. And that's why he's making mistakes and not performing well. Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, Dubravka will be a welcome uh, returning player for us, so let's hope that's the case. We should see the return of Callum Wilson, potentially uh, Jamal Lascelles, and maybe even uh, John Joe Shelby. So a little bit more food for thought for Steve Bruce, a little more, bit more of an attacking option in Callum Wilson, a man who put the ball in the back of the net. John Joe Shelby, uh, you know, a creative player that we... We all pull our hair out, even me. Um, you know, over you know the, the fact that he's such a lazy bugger, but you know he can actually create stuff. And, and having Dubravka is, is is big news. He is our he is our main goalkeeper. Uh, travel chasing. Good evening, says good evening both. Horrible to say, but I see us going down. Could be over by Christmas. How Watford can sack their boss and Bruce is still there is unbelievable. I do I do agree. Um, and, and you know, Watford have got a history of sacking managers in recent years, of course. Uh, but do you think we could be, you know, looking at our fate sealed by Christmas, Holly? Yeah, that's what I touched on earlier. It's a very sad thing to say, but I think if we don't make any changes uh, in terms of management before Christmas, and certainly if we don't strengthen in the January window, then I think by that point it could be too. We could be too far gone. It could be too hard to climb back up the league and get out of the bottom three, which is absolutely mind-blowing that the club are just watching this, sitting back, watching this, thinking, oh, everything's fine. It's like sitting in a burning house and just staying, staying there. Like They're just watching absolute mayhem go on in front of their eyes and they aren't doing anything about it to try and improve the situation. Watford have sacked their boss, um, which again shows the ambitions between the two clubs. We're in a similar position, but one club is trying to get out of the position and the other club is happy to stay in it. And of course, I've seen the links to um, Ranieri, who's going to potentially be the replacement, which I think would be a great replacement for the current boss. And I think that he would do really, really well. And then again, you've got another club progressing, doing well, climbing up the league whilst we're you know, stagnated. Yeah, I would agree. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a horrible December. Newcastle United playing all the big guns in uh, in one month. A couple of uh, six pointers, it looks like, as well, at the start of the se- uh, the start of the month as well. So yeah, it'll be interesting. Kenny says, uh, Steve, I know the price of fuel, so we can put the heating on. <laughs> I have uh, I have I had the heating on, Kenny. Don't worry, I'm sure you have as well. Hit the like button, says Tom. Yes, please do. Uh, Paul says, NUFC uh, will be rooted in the bottom six all season, so it's crazy to think this takeover will go through in January. It won't happen. They will want safety first. It is like Groundhog Day, Paul. We had the same conversation last year in October, I believe. 2-2, final score, the big game uh, against uh, Manchester, uh, Manchester City at Anfield, so 2-2 against Liverpool. West Ham, of course, lost 2-1 at home to Brentford. Tottenham won against Aston Villa, 2-1. And a new game that I mentioned earlier, Crystal Palace 2 Leicester 2. Paul also says, Joe Willock, apart from goals last season, isn't really a centre midfielder. Uh, What's your thoughts on that, Holly? I can see where he's coming from because, well, you'd probably say potentially he'd do well playing behind the striker, but I do think that he probably is a central attacking midfielder um, generally, but I do understand where Paul's coming from there. Again, though, we didn't get really to see the full kind of player that Joe Willock was last season. We didn't get to see what he was capable of and what he wasn't so good at because he never played many games from kickoff till the very end. He rarely played a full 90 minutes. He just came on off the bench, scored. All of his goals were so important that, you know, he was like a saviour, probably played a big part in us not going down last year. So then we signed him. And unfortunately, the goals haven't came with him this season. So we're disappointed. But we didn't really get that chance to see what type of player he was all around. So uh, the league table isn't pretty reading. Uh, Newcastle rooted in the bottom three. Norwich bottom on seven games. uh, One point minus 14 goal difference. Newcastle second bottom uh, with three points minus eight goal difference. Burnley. Uh, are three points as well, level on points, but a slightly better goal difference of minus six. So uh, early days, we know, but uh, enough to set the alarm bells ringing as far as Newcastle United fans are concerned. Mark Cooper says Fernandez was wearing Mancullo's top on. You can't even get that right. Yeah, I did notice that on uh, Twitter. Some eagle-eyed viewers on Match of the Day had managed to uh, spot that. I mean, that has to be just some kind of error. Surely we're not running out of strips. We're not like a Sunday league team now, are we? They're not taking turns washing them. I don't think so. I certainly hope not. I think it was just a mistake. I was trying to find out whether Manquillo was wearing Fernandez's shirt and they just kind of switched around. But I think those two 
uh, Manquillo shirts on the pitch. So it's just another kind of mix up, just thinking bad organisation from the club. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, big shout out to our sponsor, Spider VPN. Uh, Google Spider VPN. We've uh, put the link in uh, the Mick Lowe show, so you can go and have a look on there. Click on that. It uh, takes you direct to Spider VPN site, and uh, they can help you with your internet protection. Uh, the other boys to trust. Uh, please uh, give Spider VPN a visit and uh, ask them to sort out your internet issues. Skipsandbins.com as well. Telephone 0800 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website www.skipsandbins.com. Easy contact, free and pay as you go. Waste collection. Big thanks to LNG Family Funeral Directors as well. 01913897245. And to qtechshop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls End, Newcastle. And uh, to Jab Signature, who make all of our flyers. Their new range launches tomorrow. Uh, if you're a first-time visitor to the channel, click the Newcastle Legends bar in the bottom right-hand corner, and you can subscribe to the channel for free. We still do seven shows a week and a little bit more besides that. Hit the thumb up underneath the video to like the video. That helps us a lot. Click share to share your other social media and drop into the comments box to speak to like-minded Newcastle fans and maybe post a question on screen. We've also got uh, our shows on podcast providers, iTunes and on Spotify and uh, other podcast providers, just in case you're out and about. Uh, and don't forget as well, we also have some big events coming up over the next couple of weeks. Uh, we have an evening with Gavin Peacock, which is Friday the 29th of October. Uh, and that is at the Tyneside Irish Centre. We have our Christmas due from last year on November the 19th uh, with Supermac and Gibbo. And on the 26th of November, we have an evening with Peter Beardsley. Tickets for all three events are available from www.newcastlelegends.com. Click shop and you can buy your tickets today. Uh, there are also a couple of other events coming up. An evening with Rob Lee, which is Thursday the 28th of October, which is at the Laurels in Whitney Bay. Uh, so if you want tickets for that, which range from £15 to £35, the website is www.laurelswhitley.co.uk and that is Thursday the 28th of October and evening with Rob Lee. And me and Supermac are going back to Bobix at Bobix NCL on Twitter. Tickets available for that one. All proceeds going to the food bank are available from bobix.com. Uh, get yourself onto there. And uh, I think the tickets are swimming in the region of £10 for that one and all proceeds going to the food bank. Don't forget as well, we are supporting the food bank via the website, nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk. The match day bucket is still operational. Seven days a week, you can make a, a donation from around the world into the match day bucket and that goes directly to the food bank. Get that total totted up. Uh, it is getting close to Christmas and there'll be a lot of families uh, on Tyneside who will be in much need, especially with their various things changing on the financial scene of the government and furlough ending uh, and the universal credit uh, payment uh, ending as well. It's very important at this time of year that we'll help others. So the match day book at nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk uh, can help. And anybody who puts in uh, now uh, goes into the raffle for this watch. And the winner of the watch will be announced when John from QTech is back on his feet after his break from COVID. And uh, we have the 24-hour pool night. Uh, the website as well, nufcmatters.com. Uh, pop onto there, have a look. Uh, plenty of stuff on there, including the Newcastle United top that we've done, uh, the NUFC Matters top we've done, sorry, and the Ryan Taylor Over the Wall t-shirt um, is one of many that we have done over the last uh, few years. There's also a food bank raffle on the go. Uh, which is uh, tickets are a pound each. NUFCfansfoodbank.co.uk is where you need to go to purchase your tickets. All proceeds go into the food bank. Custom trainers in your size is the prize uh, with Peter Beardsley and the McEwen's Lager shirt on the side. Premier League badge on the back and Peter Beardsley will sign them at the 26th of November event. And last but by no means least, Peter Beardsley is running a soccer school. So if you have some kids uh, who are interested in learning from one of the greatest players at Newcastle United and England have ever seen, uh, then get yourself along to this on Monday the 25th of October, which runs to the 29th of October, uh, 10 o'clock until 4 o'clock at Kingston Park in Newcastle. Uh, the, the daily sessions are £15 a day. Uh, but why not get the full week? It's £60 for a full week to be taught by a, an England and Newcastle United legend. If you're interested for your kids, all coaches are FA qualified and DBS checked. 
please email pbsoccerschool at hotmail.com for more details. That's pbsoccerschools at hotmail.com. Uh, simple as that. That'd be a great opportunity for any up and coming footballer. And uh, I will be having a, a day off this week, possibly Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, and just to let you know that means there will be a, a pre-recorded show this week. It'll probably be Wednesday, I think. And it'll be Toon Tipster will be giving us his dream team. So looking forward to hearing that. And I doubt any of the players who were playing yesterday will be in it. Uh, but looking forward to pre-recording that later. Uh, Ryan Sweeney says, Sorry, but listen, uh, listening to Mick Laws saying don't get personal with Bruce, but he can with calling us keyboard warriors. It really annoys me constantly defending Bruce. I don't think Mick defends Bruce. I just think he's trying to keep a, a level head and play devil's advocate, Ryan. But, you know, he's, you know, Bruce, Bruce clearly is somebody who gets on with a lot of people in the football world. Um, and I think that's right, isn't it, Holly? He seems to have a good relationship with the likes of Alan Shearer, um, you know, other pundits, because he's been around the game for so long. He's, you know, he, he had such a good playing career. He was at Manchester United, of course, won every honour possible. And he's been involved as a manager for 999 games now. So everybody knows him. Clearly, people are going to either like him or dislike him, but he seems to have a lot of love from, from ex-players and, I guess, pundits as well, like Nick. Yeah, he does. And I think that's probably because a lot of these people know him on a personal level, whereas Newcastle fans only judge him based on what they're seeing on the pitch. And that isn't very good. Um, it's, it's horrendous, actually. So, yes, he does get a lot of support, which is frustrating to see. But I think there is more pundits now coming round to the Newcastle fans like we are thinking and realising that actually he's not doing well as Newcastle manager and we aren't getting the points that we should be getting. Yeah, I mean, some of them are. Of course, Danny Murphy, um, another one who thinks uh, it's not so bad at the minute for Newcastle fans, had me shaking my head on match of the day. Uh, I, you just you can't understand, can you, some of these, some of these players, ex-players coming out and saying that. Mick Lowe said earlier, I mean, he was trying to find the connection between Danny Murphy and Steve Bruce because why else would he say something as daft as that? Yeah, I was trying to um, kind of understand why the adopting the same mentality of Steve Bruce of looking at the positives when there is no positives to look at. Of course, we're sitting 19th in the league. Any worse, we'll be bottom of the league. Maybe then they'll start criticising him, but I very much doubt it. I think they'll be of the same opinion. They're saying, oh, yeah, well... They've scored some goals. They haven't been playing that bad. But ultimately, it doesn't matter how well or how badly we've played or how many goals we've scored. What matters is we're not winning the games. And that's what we need to do if we want to stay up in the Premier League. Yeah, that's the thing. Tom Dixon says, do you think it's right to boycott the Spurs game? I've never heard anybody saying that we should boycott the Spurs game. I don't think it'll make a hit of a difference, Tom. What do you think, Holly? I think the same. I think boycotts have been done in the past, never very successful. And I think the predicament win at the moment is Mike Ashley's done with the club. He's not interested anymore. And it really doesn't matter what the fans do. Yeah. Um, he started 4-3-3, then reverted back to five at the back. He just can't help himself, says Mark Cooper. Yeah, that, I mean, that was, again, annoying, wasn't it? I mean, you know, people around uh, standing at the match yesterday just saying, this is unbelievable. You know, why on earth is he doing that? Why isn't he going for it? Far rather, I think your dad said at one point, far rather get beat 3-1 than, than, than do this. You know, it was, it was crazy, wasn't it? Annoying. And people arguing around us, people arguing behind us. You know, one person singing, you know, you know get out of our club to Steve Bruce and um, you know, another guy behind, you know, saying, oh, shut up, man. And, it, it, you know, it became, a, it became a mess off the pitch as well as on it. But, yeah, this, this reverting to five at the back again is, is ludicrous, isn't it? It is, and certainly, like we've mentioned many a time, you'd rather us go for the game, get beat, but at least we've had a go at trying to get something, because otherwise, we're just kind of having a defeat. Yes, we might not get beaten by as many goals, but ultimately, we get the same amount of points at the end, which is zero. The five at the back, I think he's playing because he doesn't want to have a lot of goals conceded, and he knows that with playing that kind of formation, we aren't going to concede many. So maybe that's what he's going for. But 4-3-3 was a lot better to watch. Of course, it still didn't get us a win, but I'd much rather him persist with that rather than you know play with the three centre-backs and the two wing-backs because it is just awful to watch and isn't getting the results. Yeah, Alan says, well, Bruce says I'm not everyone's cup of tea. Well, we're, we're drinking PG tips or technically in here's drinking Earl Grey, which very few people like. It's time to go, Bruce. It's time to go. Uh, Paul Oxley, I think you mean salad, not salad. 
Salah, Salah's the best player in the Premier League. He's awesome. He reminds me of Beardsley, but quicker. I'd agree. He's a, he's a cracking player. And then when you think about what he was like before he went to Liverpool, he, you know, I think it was at Chelsea, he couldn't hit a barn door. Uh, but just shows you in the right team with the right coach, uh, you know, you just you, you can discover yourself. John Doyle Thomason again at Newcastle, prime example, useless at Newcastle, went on to win the Champions League. Um, Paul also says everyone knows we don't score enough goals, so we will always struggle at beat sides. Really fear for us this season. Yeah, and, and that's it. I mean, as soon as you see Newcastle United go a goal down at this moment in time. You fear the worst. You think, I think I turned to you, Ollie, when we went to go down and went, well, we'll be lucky if we'll get a 1 1 draw today. And that's the problem. We don't score goals. And I'll hark back to it again pre season. Liam Kennedy asked Steve Bruce the question, Are you going to sign any more strikers? And he went, No, we're all right in that area. We've got Big Joe, Callum, Dwight Gale, Almiron, and ASM. We're all right in that area. And we're not. Not at all. We're really not. Of course, you know, Callum Wilson's got another injury. We can't rely on him because he's too injury prone. He's fantastic when he is playing, but he's not playing enough. And then you've got Dwight Gale, who he's the only other recognised striker, but he just doesn't kind of suit the system very well. We're always pinging high balls up to him. You know, he's probably about, what, five foot four? It clearly isn't going to work. Yeah, it's definitely not. Paul, you're right, job. The, the job Rafa's doing with Everton, two players he brought in are doing well, are Gray and Townsend, combined fee of 1.5 million. Rafa's a good manager. We all know it. They're sitting in the champ they were sitting in the Champions League position before today's games. Um, they'll be there or thereabouts for European football. I'm pretty sure of that, unless he has a you know a massive, massive run of bad luck. Rafa will always do a job if he's backed. Um Steve Bruce could probably say I could do a job if I'm backed. Because um, he clearly wasn't backed this summer, um, but you know you can't compare the two. It, you know it, it's like comparing steak to a, a burger you buy in one of these sleazy snack bars on on you know on the on the big market. It's you can't compare it at all. Um, Alan says, "Well, Steve, what frightens me is I saw Crystal Palace's versus Everton, and Palace were light years ahead of us. I'm scared. Yeah, I mean you're looking at the games coming up: Tottenham, Crystal Palace, Brighton." Honestly, if something isn't done with that managerial position, we are in a big, big mess. We can all see it. Most of the pundits can see it. And believe you me, a lot of people behind the scenes at Newcastle United can see it. But does Mike actually care? He doesn't want to make that decision. He hopes and prays, I guess, that the takeover is going to go through. And that, that, you know, that particular decision will fall to somebody else. That's the problem, isn't it, Ollie, I think? Yeah, it is. But then again, you've got that worry if we are many points adrift of 17th place, then you're thinking, will the new buyers want to come in in a club that is looking like it's going to be playing in the Championship next season? I don't know. And I genuinely don't think they're going to be paying £350 million, So then will Mike actually have to re-agree a deal? It's just going to be a whole big mess. And I think it would make a lot more sense for him to have that discussion with the potential buyers and say, listen, I'll pay this or whatever, and then come to some sort of agreement rather than just hoping it's going to happen because it could take months, yet nobody knows. Yeah, uh, Life Goals says, yet how many of us said Townsend and Rondon? Uh, so clear cut, even if it cost five million signing on fee for each and 75 grand a week, wouldn't that be economically savvy when relegation costs 60 million plus? Once again, Life Goals, yes, but you're not dealing with an ordinary owner here. You're dealing with uh, Mike Ashley, and he, he is completely different. Uh, Ryan, um, I thought it was a good goal, Ryan. Great goal. It was an empty net. Yeah, but it was the build-up to the goal I was talking about, not just the strike. Uh, other than a lousy defence, injury-prone better players and impotent strikers, the team looks okay. Well, yeah, I suppose you adopting Steve Bruce's mentality, looking at the positives. Yeah, I mean, it was funny, wasn't it? We were talking on the way back uh, last night, and I was, I was saying, God, you know, what is Steve Bruce going to say about this? And we're pretty much right what we predicted, weren't we? Yeah, pretty much spot on. Paul says, won't be happening in January. Nobody will buy us when we're in clear danger of going down. It's a shambles, this club. Doug Hall, not the Douglas Hall, I don't think. It's hard supporting the two, and he says, uh, you are right. Uh, good evening, Dave. Hope you are well. Uh, Ryan says, I can't for the life of me understand anyone putting money in our club. The problem is, Ryan, we're supporters. It's what we do. And yeah. Holly, I mean, that's the problem, isn't it? We we support the club. We want to go. And going to away games is supporting the club. 
it's not putting money into the club, it's supporting the club on, on, on the road, and that goes to the, the host team. But, um, you know, what, what do you think of Ryan's opinion? I've seen a few comments similar to, to what Ryan said, which is basically saying that, you know, if you're so unhappy, why on earth are you going to watch the games? But, and again, some people won't like what I'm about to say, but ultimately I think that um, if I wasn't going to games, then I wouldn't really bother complaining because would it affect us? No, because I'm not there spending my money travelling and watching it. I'd just be sitting in the house, so I'd have no reason to complain. Um, but yeah, like ultimately before Mike Ashley was here, granted I've supported the club the whole time Ashley is here, but long after he's gone, it's still Newcastle and that's who we're supporting. We're supporting the lads on the pitch, not Mike Ashley. And, you know, unfortunately that's who we have to deal with now. But regardless, and I've said it many times, of what the fans do, it's going to make absolutely no difference. And he's still going to make a lot more money from fans who watch it on the TV and pay for Sky because the money that he makes from TV is a lot more than match, uh, match uh, tickets. Yeah, Paddy says uh, Steve Bruce is a long ball merchant. Uh, Stu is having a field day tonight with uh, comments about Masters and uh, everybody else. Uh, consternation amongst the ranks. You're certainly right there, Paddy. Uh, Tom says, uh, Holly, what are your thoughts on Fernandez putting the wrong shirt on then? Just more unorganisation from the club. Quite embarrassing. But, you know, at least they're the same size. At least it didn't look ridiculous and it wasn't like five sizes too big. Yeah, uh, Life Goal says the only way Kinnear was relieved of his duties was when he had ill health. Bruce, he seems in stellar health, so he's not going anywhere this season, regardless of results. I've got to agree. Rachel, good evening. I hope your rehearsals are going well. Says, uh, why is Bruce still in the job? Oh, yeah, Ashley doesn't give a... Yeah, I think you are right. Uh, Doug says, when you see Masters watching Spurs, it wouldn't surprise me if he knew more than um, that we think about the ESL. <laughs> you don't say, Doug. That is 100% right, I think. Uh, Rachel says, the photo of Masters has made me so mad, it all stinks. Paul says, Jones was working with world-class players in the summer with England. We've got a mixture of championship players. And I think that's half the problem, isn't it? Um, that a lot of these players uh, now are a year older. And, you know, I'm, I'm, as you know, big supporter of Matt Ritchie. Uh, got a lot of time for him. But his legs are going. We can see it. It's, it's, not, it's not great for all to see. But he's also been asked to play out of position. He's, and he's not only is he playing out of position, but he's also having to talk Joe Linton through the game. And, you know, he, he, he encourages other players around him. I think I pointed it out to you. Six, seven players. Chat with him, chat with him, chat with him. Keep him right, keep him right, keep him right. He, he, he's doing so much, you know, cajoling and, and supporting of other players. He, he's... He's almost at times forgetting to do his own job, and I, I just think I just think it's tough on Richie. I think if Richie was playing, maybe he's in a, a central midfield role where he could read the game and not have to concentrate on telling Joel in what to do. I think we'd probably get another season or two out of uh, out of Matt Richie, but because we've got a multitude of players in the centre of midfield area, he's never going to get the chance to do that. I think Richie's been hung out to dry. I've got to be honest. But I mean, I, what, what's your views on that? My first view is I think we should bring a Matt Ritchie segment to this show, just like we have look alike and stuff on a Friday night, just for you to have your piece about Matt Ritchie. Um, <laughs> but aside from that, my thoughts on the situation. Um, Matt Ritchie, yes, he is being asked to do a lot because he's the only player I think we have in the side that has those type of uh, captaincy qualities. Of course, Jamal Lascelles is the one with the armband, but I don't think he ever stands out as a captain, whereas Matt Ritchie does. And because there's no one else that takes much leadership within that side, he has to take the full responsibility and organise the whole team, from the keeper, the defence, the midfield, all the way to the attack. Mm. Um, but the, the core of this team is the same squad of players that we had in the Championship under Rafa Benitez about five years ago now, which is so embarrassing considering since then we've been a Premier League team every season. Haven't finished that badly in the league. We've been between uh, 10th and 13th. So we would have made some decent money from that. Um, and yet we haven't invested. So we stuck with these players that clearly aren't half the players there were many years ago. And we only signed them in the first place to get promoted, which they did. But then instead of replacing them with better players, again, we were stagnated. We just stuck with the same team. And now it's catching up with us a lot more because maybe they did step up and they were able to play well and win us games in the Premier League. But now these guys are getting older. You've got a squad now, which is probably one of the oldest in the Premier League. A lot of them are around the age of 30, which for a footballer is, you know, getting on a bit. 
Um, and certainly the defence, I think, is the main problem. A lot of those guys are ageing now and they just don't have the legs, they don't have the pace and they're not capable. You always see constantly, you have the likes of ESM, even Joe Linton to a certain extent, that will be running up the pitch. There's no one there in the box because the rest of the team... Uh, off the pace, the half a yard behind them, and they can't keep up because they're aging. So we really, really need to get a whole new kind of core of players in because it's time for these guys to go now. Yeah, uh, life goes as Graham Jones is pretty highly rated across the game. A lot of people saying Jones has been <laughs> bruised. Yes, I, I do believe that is possible. Ryan, uh, I did touch on this earlier. Um, I might, you know, you might have already uh, heard the answer, but yeah, look, I don't agree with Mick. Um, saying that we shouldn't get personal, I, I, you know, you pay your money, you take your chance, and and you know if you want to spend the entire ninety minutes, you know, singing "Get Out of Our Club" to Mike Ashley, and um, we want Brucey out, then you're more than entitled to do it. I don't understand people at the match who, um, you know, start arguing about that. You know, you do what you want at the match. You pay your ticket. You go and do what you want to do. Um, I don't see that as getting personal. Seeing you want him out, we're not happy. The football's crap. And, you know, there's no other word for it. it. It's absolutely garbage. And, you know, do I sing We Want Brucey Out? I don't. I've got to be perfectly honest. I'll sing the other songs. I see my role as a supporter, certainly at the away games, when we're the underdog in most fixtures, is to try and support the team. But unfortunately, yesterday, nobody really was up for it. Um, it was a damp, damp day. It was, you know, we're all wet. We're all fed up. Um, and, you know, there just seemed to be... I don't know. The apathy had, had spread across the away support and, and everybody was pretty much sick as a chip uh, when that first goal went in. And like Holly said earlier, that brief five-minute spell when Hendrick scored unbelievably, and he was booed on, by the way, as I mentioned earlier. Um, but after that, it was back back to the same. You know, uh, Chang scored another goal. Uh, their fans were all up for it. And it was, yeah, it was a, it was a day to the get for, for Newcastle fans. Um, like Gus says, uh, how can anyone say let Jones go? Baffling, he's clearly a high respected coach. Well, look, you know, again, people are just sick, people say things and sometimes don't put their minds in gear. I think that, that that's the problem. Uh, the only massive payout from Ashley for a manager was Sam Allardyce. I imagine the Cassis and James has probably stung him. Hewton apparently only received 60k for being sacked again. I, I've not heard that. I did know about the whole, um, yeah, I did know the whole thing about, uh, you know. Allardyce buying a place and calling it Cassis and James's. So, um, yeah, I do believe that. Alan Thompson says, we are ticking over. I don't even think we're ticking over now, Alan. I think we're going backwards. In fact, I think the springs burst on my watch. Um, Ashley does not and never will listen to NUST and the fans, he is only interested in making money for himself. Well, I think he's nailed it there, Holly. Yes, put on, Graham. Yeah, definitely. Um, he won't. And NUST are still... You know, trying to buy 1% of the club. And, and look, the current situation may suit NUST. Newcastle get relegated. I genuinely cannot see them coming straight back up. And, you know, we could end up in a position where in 10 years' time, um, you know, we're all going, yeah, I remember when we used to play Man United. I remember when we used to play Man City. Like the Mackhams, it's very possible that that could happen. Um, it's a huge, huge time in our history. And, uh, yeah, it's... Oh. What I would question is, why are NUST so persistent on buying a 1% share in the club rather than worrying about, actually, we're in a mess, we need to sort this out, rather than worrying about having a share in the club? Because what's a share in the club, which is a long way off, by the way, because they're nowhere near the target, so it could take years and years and years. Um, and that's a long-term goal, but they need to be focusing on the here and now, not something that may or may not happen in a few years. I just think it's ridiculous. Son of THC says, uh, just imagine the interest, guys. Ashley's bank account generates and he can't pull the plug on sacking Bruce. It's crazy. Exactly. Uh, Kirk, good evening. He says, complacency is one of the biggest mentality diseases of pro footballers. The players were not prepared to understand that games run out and the importance of six-pointers. Yeah, people don't care anymore. And there's 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 a few players in that dressing room. Lascelles, um, Richie, people who've been there and done it over the last few years. I hate to say it, Shelby. Um, who've all played, Dwight Gale, all been there in relegations and promotions. Um, they all know, but they're all getting older. That's that's what I mentioned before. Um, you know, it's... And yeah, footballers now, they don't care. 
They don't care. They, they, they really don't. Dave says, if one of uh, Mike Ashley's area managers was this poor, would he just let him go on losing sales and profits? No, he damn well wouldn't. So why not Steve Bruce? Great point, that, Dave. Really, really good point. Uh, Alan says, sorry to say, Holly and Steve, but we will be the team. Like Sheffield United, where other teams will be embarrassed to get beat off and try harder. So I could quite easily see us not winning a game in 20 games. Oh, God. Alan, don't say that. That would be... Uh, that's awful. Son of THC is a bit more confident. He says, we'll beat Tottenham. That's got Bruce out the jail card for there. Uh, they're a big club. They're a big name. Not doing well at the minute, but that won't matter. It's just the kind of look he has. Can you see Can you see that, Holly? I, I beg to differ. And Gary Kane will be looking for his Premier League goal. No, I think the best we'll get is a draw. But even, even then, I think we'd be lucky I'm predicting the defeat again. Um, but... Unfortunately, I think in the past, Steve Bruce did have a lot of luck on his side, but I think it's come to a time now where that luck has eventually run out. Lots of comments coming in about NUST. Uh, John from QTech, uh, he says, NUST have enough to pay three players a weekly wage and nobody is offering 1% for sale. They need to get current. I agree. Doug says, NUST should get their finger out if they are the mouth of the supporters. Be that. Ashley's paying mega bucks for lawyers, and if the cap doesn't run, he'll be losing. He's banging on some news in the next few weeks, and he'll keep Bruce until we hear anything, says Kenny. I think you're right, um, 100%. I think that is the that is the key to the issue that we have at the moment. Marty says, NUST, no disrespect to them. They just don't do anything for me. A lot of people have the same uh, opinion. Cheers for answering, Steve, says Ryan. No problem, mate. Always good to have you in the chat, mate. Thanks, for this, as always, for your support. Charlie, great to see you yesterday, mate. He says, uh, defensively poor, average in midfield, toothless up front, hopeless in the dugout. First time I genuinely think we are getting relegated. It's a bad time to be a Toon fan. It's a good time to get a blue tick, though, Charlie. Well done. But, yeah, Charlie's nailed it there as well, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. Um, average in midfield, I think, is quite generous from Charlie because I think even in the midfield, we aren't really the greatest. I think up until we signed Willock, we were saying about how horrendous we were and then Willock's came in and he's, well, yeah, he is average, but overall, I think it's pretty poor. Um, it is a bad time to be a Newcastle fan. I think, again, you're thinking this could be the year that we do make that drop and, and maybe we'll not get that promotion straight away. I'm still clinging to the hope now that we'll manage to turn it around because it is only early days, but it does have a bad feel about it. A few people asking about the um, the why some people have little coloured things next to the name. Join the channel um, if you want to support us. We do our shows for free. Join the channel. Um, we don't. I've noticed on other podcasts people say you can only ask a question if you join the channel. We don't do that. If you want to make a little submission, you can donate or or, or do that. But I'm not about that. I'd, I'd rather just do the shows. You get your chance to have your say. Um, I don't I don't expect it. But if anybody wants to, please feel free to. That would be great. Uh, what sort of players uh, do you think Bruce will be looking at if he's still here in the next transfer window? I guess, I guess, Holly, you'd be just pleased to get anybody in if he's still here. Yeah, absolutely anybody. Certainly a striker, loan deals. But I don't think we'll make any permanent signings. Yes, Eb Slap, uh, away from football, I have been doing some other things. Uh, Pirates admin, yeah, it was interesting, uh, to say the least. But I actually quite like him, to be honest. Um, I did actually quite like him, and I got on quite well with him on screen. So thanks for thanks for that, though, mate. Tony says, uh, as Keegan said, Ashley won't be there forever, but I dread to think of the state we'll, we'll be in when he's gone. Yeah, 100% agree, Tony. Yeah, that's definitely how I feel as well. You're just hoping that it's this year and we're not rumbling on into new seasons again with Ashley here and talking about the same things. It's monotonous. It's like Groundhog Day. Derek, I agree with your sentiments in the chat, but I'm not going to put them on screen. Uh, Gary says, uh, good evening, Stephen Holly. There's one thing about Ashley and Masters. They are keeping NUFC in the dark where they are so afraid of NUFC when the Saudi takeover as new owners. Rachel says, I've cancelled my NUST membership as they don't represent me. They have splinters in their backsides. They are sitting on the fence. And John agrees. He says, so true. Well done again on your raffle tickets. And yeah, congratulations on that. Doug says, good show. Thank you very much. Holly, uh, great to have you on as always. Uh, and please thank your mum again for sorting some sandwiches out for the car and your dad for going through the horrendous weather and driving the furthest he's ever driven. Uh, well done to Dave. Uh, he did a good job. Always good to see him and always good to see you. Look forward to seeing you next week. Until then, Holly, take care. Will do. Take care. Bye. See you later.
critics attack. I feel like I've been talking. 